Welcome to the DL Gaming Podcast. Come on, be excited, be happy, be ecstatic. My name is Christian. My name is Bobby. My name is Nick. As far as I can tell, all my family does is get sick and fall asleep. That's what they do. That's they're That's sleeping the right now. On the they back. sleep. They get sick and they sleep. And that is. And then I I work. I work in. Work, drink, and podcast. But it's better than just sleeping and getting sick, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, that kind of sucks. Dude, we have a group. Me and Emilio have a group chat with our wives. Uh, and essentially, we call it the Parents of Barbarians group chat because our kids are fucking barbarians. And they're always, I'm not kidding you, they're always sick. Emilio's like, they're, they have the they have food poisoning again, or they have the flu again, or, you know, and they're all asleep. They're, they're all asleep. I'm like. What the fuck? Yeah. Every time, dude. We're probably going to take her to the ER tomorrow, unfortunately. Oh, man. Well, so That's sick, hey? That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, luckily, oh, when we'll I was see. over there in your house, in your lovely home, nobody was yeah. sick. And yeah. I felt, you know, like you cleared this weekend or this period of time where no one at your house was sick just for me. That was really special. Thank you. It was and... actually complete luck, dude. It was like a game of Frogger, a blindfolded <laughs> Frogger where you just went all the way through without getting hit somehow. That's perfect. You know, I've never beaten a game of Frogger. Unfortunately, that sucks. But I had a lot of fun, you know, uh, in L.A., San Diego, and a little bit of Mexico. And I really have a lot to owe to Emilio and Sam for showing me around and just being so friendly and open. Uh, Bobby and his girlfriend were awesome, too, on the last day, showing me around. I think Bobby even paid for my ticket inside the museum. Can you believe that? He was trying to wine and dine me. Did you uh, give him the booty? It's on the company, buddy. You did, you, uh, did you give him the booty at the end? Well, you got to do a little <laughs> bit more for that, Amelia. You have to do a little bit more what you did, you know? This guy, he offers me his room, a little cot, and he, he sleeps to the sound of babbling brook. And it's the small room. I'm thinking people are going to be shitting, farting, you know, showering, brushing their... It's just going to be loud with three other people. You know, we're all oozing shit. Babbling and, brook uh, con- conquers all, dude. Dude, I was like... I I closed my eyes for maybe five seconds. I didn't wake up until the morning. <laughs> we slept eleven hours that night, dude. Yeah, we slept eleven hours, dude. It was eleven a.m. when we woke up, and we were like, "What?" Because they have blackout curtains and the babbling brook. We call it the babbling brook beatdown, dude. Like that thing does not get. It is relentless. That doesn't fuck around. It was so good that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, on the day of the orchestra, which was amazing. When you guys talked about the orchestras, like you guys went to the fucking dog park or something. You were like, <laughs> but I, I do have to admit, you know, you guys did do a lot of driving that day and it was a busy day. But I didn't feel the energy, the passion. I was blown away. I love the orchestra. Um, I but it was after, great. after the orchestra, we went out for a bit. I got pretty drunk and I came back to the hotel and Emilio and Sam left in the morning. And in my sleep mind, I was like, when are these guys going to get up? When are they going to get up? Dude, I woke up and they weren't there. They had moved right past me and I was completely surprised. Like, this is a small room. So, anyways, had a, I had a great time. Thank you for showing me around. Couldn't have done it without you. And sure, man. I have my current job because of this podcast. And I went to this orchestra because of this podcast. So, it is pretty special. Um, yeah, it was, it was a great time. Uh, we have two new patrons, though. Peter Ronius and Jan the Man, also known as Peter Pan. Thank you for 
giving us your money. Uh, you'll get some t-shirts soon. Stickers, maybe one day, or maybe not. And, uh, yeah, I guess I've talked a lot. Well, actually, so should... <clears throat> I actually want to shout this out real quick. We are working on new sticker designs. If you want to spitball sticker designs, go ahead to the DLG um, podcast um, Discord and post any ideas you have, and they may, that may go into consideration for what stickers. You can post stickers for each cast member, even Christian, or you can do a, a group a group sticker, or you can do a logo sticker, whatever you want. And if, uh, if we decide to go with you, we'll shout you out or we'll work on something. Tag uh, tag pretty Pilaf on that. Pilaf. Yeah, tag, tag yeah, tag pretty Pilaf. Yeah. That's me. This is what happens when I ask Nick to uh, get to design new stickers. He just passes on passes the buck to, to the. <laughs> I've to worked the on this, man. <laughs> Dude, I've talked to like eighty fucking five artists, bro. You know how many people are using Google Translate or are using AI to make shit? Uh, yeah. It is awful. It is so bad. It is rough to say the least. Um, but this is a video gaming podcast. Let's talk about video games. Uh, this is on the radar. This is our section where we talk about games that uh, are on our radar. Uh, they either have been out and we're discovering them now, or they are coming out soon. Uh, tell me about Crime O'Clock, Bobby. What time is it? Sorry. I... <laughs> Sorry. It's Crime O'Clock. Yes! This game is a hidden object game. I believe this was posted by Tag Loro in our Discord. Um, if you guys want to recommend a game, we've got a channel for that in our Discord. Just go on over to dlgaming.net and you can make that happen. But Crime O'Clock is a hidden object game, but it also has um, like a lengthy story to it as well. When I first saw this, I thought, oh, it looks like the game, which I believe is just called Hidden Object, which if you haven't played, it's a pretty good game. You can pick it up for like two bucks now, probably. Isn't it called um, Hidden People? Hidden, or? hidden People? I, I think you're right. It it yeah. does have people in the title, and it's basically it's like a Where's Waldo situation. Yeah, exactly. You're wondering what you're thinking. Hidden folks, hidden folks. Yeah. yeah, six oh, bucks yeah. right now. Yeah, and it's Where's Waldo. Um, you look at a, a large picture and can zoom on uh, in on things and find characters or specific things that you're looking for. Uh, but this has got an interesting twist to it. It's got the uh, story mode to it, and there's a little bit of puzzle solving involved as well. So it's not just trying to find objects in this large tapestry. Um, could be interesting. The demo is out right now, so you can download it, try it for free. Uh, but it is not coming out until July 21st. I like it. I like the look of it. I like, um, I, I I like the art style. Yeah, I like the art style. I like these kind of games. Um, I, I love Where's Waldo. Mila recently got into it last year. I mean, she's uh, she's moved on from then. But when she was reading them, I was like, oh, my God. Because I used to, before video games, folks, what I used to do is go on Where's Waldo and, like, think above, like, what each person was doing. Like, look at each person and, like, oh, this person's, like, doing this thing. And, like, that's how much time I had on my hands. And so I really have a special place for my heart in my heart for this kind of stuff. And then if you add a story on top of that, that's pretty cool. I'm going to go ahead and be, before their game is even out, I'm going to give them, uh, by the way, there's a demo of this, uh, a free LC idea that you could just paint, paint the, because it's all black and white. How cool would it be if you could go back after you beat the game and color everything? 
Well, I think when there you find is. clues, it it does add color to things. Ooh, so I, I think they use that as part of it. Uh, it also takes place during different ages, which is a cool idea in a lot of point-and-click adventure games. Uh, there's several of them. I think some of the Deponia games um, and a few others I can't think of the name of. But they have this time travel element where you make changes in the future, then you travel back in the past, and that creates something uh, or a way for you to solve a puzzle. But it's supposed to take place in all these different ages. And that that was the great part about Where's Waldo is just the variety of of pictures that they had. And I, I, my favorite one was probably the uh, – God, there was one that just had one uh, – our pictures from like – uh, different different ages all throughout time. There was like a, a samurai one that I thought was really good, a yeah. uh, medieval one that I really liked. Uh, yeah, that was a. Do you remember that in, in that same book, Bobby? There was a football game going on, but like nobody knew the rules or how it works. But there's five different teams, and they each have a color. And do you remember that one? It was great. Anyway, I, I remember, remember it like one. it was a story, dude, because I made stories up in my head, like I said. Um. Yeah, Crime O'Clock. I like it. I'm yeah, not going to play it, probably, but <laughs> I'll check out the demo, actually. It reminds me a little bit of uh, Chicory. Did you finish playing that, Nick? No. So I got, I got, I played about three hours with it um, with like Vivian and Leslie. And then we kind of stopped. Uh, just so many other things came up. Yeah. Um, also, Vivian just does not have the attention span for video games, no yeah. matter how, like, enchanting they are she's like mm, it's time to do something else other yeah. than this now and i'm like all right dude so. it's it's funny because um little little kids will come over and with their little catchphrases and sam and i will just say them to each other for the next fucking two weeks so uh vivian's catchphrases are no no stop stop no she'll be like like she just doesn't watch <laughs> You cannot continue past this point. And then you just walk past her because you're an adult. <laughs> she, <laughs> she has a new one. He goes, she goes, no, stop. I need some space. <laughs> <laughs> or like, uh, you need dude. to go to bed, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you need to go and to bed. And then you just pick her up and you're like, you're going to bed. <laughs> um, speaking of uh, point and click type stuff. Um, this is kind of from last week. I know I bailed on everybody last week. It kind of sucked, but I apologize for that. Um, this game is called Repa Fella. Is that right? Repella Fella. Sorry. Repella Fella, yeah. Yeah. I was doing a whole Australian thing last game, uh, last episode, and I didn't finish it up. Uh, so this is a point-and-click uh, adventure, and the graphics looks uh, look a lot like um, South Park, maybe a little more adult than South Park. It's a post-apocalyptic um, story that has three intertwining stories, and it um, encourages you to play. Uh, you know, three times you get all three stories out of it. Um, anyway, um, just like last week, I also had like a Wasteland Three type Australian game and some other Australian games. I think they deserve a little love, man. Let's uh, let's check out some Australian games. Oh, by the way, it's a ninety-eight percent with the. 120 people who've played it so um it can't suck i don't think um but i don't play point and click adventures bobby have you ever played an australian point and click adventure dude not that i know of i think that's what's lacking in your not life that dude. i know of true how, how would you know Never do you mean set in australia or developed by australians both okay yeah. gotcha yeah 
Yeah, I definitely got to play that after I play my Bosnian RTS games. Thanks. That's the most insulting thing I've ever been told in a competitive like RTS match is, wow, Sniper is expanding as slow as Bolivia. Oof. Oh, man. And that is... it, it cut deep. I was like, ugh. That is, we just uh, lost twenty percent of our listenership from uh, Bolivia. The other eighty percent, the other eighty percent. Lithuania, we still love you though. Yeah, our number one. Lithuania, shout out. <laughs> That's Rapella Fella on Steam. Um, the only person that could possibly play that, I think, is Bobby. I don't know. He, I don't think he looks interested. I haven't been playing many point-and-click games. You're still the most likely to play one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely not me. I don't. No. No. Anybody else? Um, Step on in. Yeah, so um, Baldur's Gate came out with a new trailer, and it was an interesting trailer. They call it their launch trailer because it's launching on August 3rd. Um, it kind of shows some of the creatures you can fight, but for the majority of the trailer, it's just people holding hands and making out and like kissing under the moonlight. Oh, my God. And this was such a good marketing like, thing. Holy fuck. It, it was really good. Um, but it just really shows all the races you can play and all the shape-shifting you can do and stuff and all the interactions, I guess. You guys have seen um, that bear, right, Nick? You've seen the bear love yeah. story? Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think Baldur's Gate might win Game of the Year. We'll see when it comes out. It's supposed to be even bigger than Divinity 2, so we'll fucking see. <laughs> Um, people have been talking about it that are in the beta. They're like, the last shit that they're adding is going to be like, you know, the final part of the game and everything that has to be finished. And people are expecting very, very, very good things because it's already gotten very, very, very good reviews for the people that are playing it already. So, Dude, this, uh, is yeah, this is this is so good. This is everything. This is my everything. Yeah. I'll never 1st. have time to finish it, but I'll just have fun starting it over and over with different groups of people <laughs> forever. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. Me, me, and my friends, we are we're already like everyone has to beat it on their own, and then everyone gets to play with it together. And it's like we all have rules. It's I mean, the re- the real answer is I'm gonna have to play it on my own and then finish it when I retire, basically. Yeah, but that's okay, man. That's okay. Uh, there are people out there that are like groups of four people that are already friends that already group uh, game together. And this is just going to be fucking their shit. I'm in yeah. a couple of group chats with people on Discord, and you know, I see behind the scenes of the denials. They're like, this guy has to join our Baldur's Gate group, but for this reason three years ago, we could not allow him in because we know, like, you know, <laughs> we're showing up every Monday to fucking do this, and if you're not there once, be gone. You know, like, we're not. Are you winning. that person? Are you that oh, person? Totally. I, I can't be relied <laughs> on at all. <laughs> Dude, we uh, in my D and D group, we we take very seriously to like newcomers and anything like that. And we're having our first new people in three years, um, and they're they're joining us uh, at the end of this month on the thirty first. And we're like switching like what planes of existence. We have new characters. Like it's a very very big difference. And we're all just like, we're gonna let them drive, and we're gonna see what's gonna go on. But I'm the DM still, so like. We get to see how these very, very... They've never played D&D before, so it's going to be very oh. interesting. I hope they like the Warhammer Cinematic Universe, dude. Because <laughs> it is not the Warhammer be... Cinematic Universe. <laughs> <laughs> they're about to be immersed. Uh, Nick, you should come to a... my D&D sessions as a, as like a call-in, as like a boss or like you know someone evil. I think you do a great job. 
I'll do it. I uh, I used to do guest like show ups as a level eleven paladin known as Raymundo Raimondo, and he was like a luchador <laughs> paladin. And he used that's to pull like these. Oh, that's and, pretty uh, good. I love he's, it. That's uh, awesome. He's thundering smite all the time, and yeah, I used to save the day a lot. He used to wire, he used to ride a war right now, which was awesome as well. Cool. Hey, uh, Chris, I just posted something that I want to shout out because um, I saw it on my. Um, it, it's the Steam sale still going on right now, and uh, you know I went down my wish list and I was taking things off. I was like, I don't even want this shit on sale. What did, why did I put it on the first place? And then I look at Tailspire again, man, and. You know, I talked about um, how D&D Beyond is making their, like, their game board UI um, that looks pretty cool. But mm, t- yeah. Tailspire has been out there, and they've been working for years already. You start watching these videos. Oh, let me uh, uh, qualify what this is. It's a D&D world maker with little miniatures. And it's not God, just D by the way. There's even oh, it's, yeah, it's, post-apocalyptic as well. It's yeah, it's it, insane. It doesn't matter what game rules you're playing. It could be a one shot. Like the way that they explain it, it sounds like uh, you could play uh, Honey Heist, the four bear thing in here. Like you could do whatever you want. Um, they're providing the world. It. You're providing the context. But graphically, um, it's so cool. A um, lot of tools. I don't know how hard it is to use, um, but like uh, I'm watching like Island. This is new since last time I, and it's still in early access. There's like an Island one and you can go down, t- uh, down underwater and you can see the minions moving underwater. They also have, and it just looks so fucking cool. Um, 3000 people say that it's a 93%. Um but this is not something you just pick up and you play. There's not a campaign or anything. It's a world builder. So, yeah. I, if, I just think it's awesome. If I can add a little bit. Um, so you can kind of do this two ways. You can do it where everybody kind of owns the game. Or you can kind of do it where everybody kind of views the same screen on Discord and the DM just moves everything. Mm. Um it's it it does not involve any game mechanics. You can't just say the game tell the game, hey, import all the rules from Pathfinder or import import all the rules from D and D fifth edition. Uh, it does not do that. Um, all it is for really is for building environments and character models. You can import models. You can export models. Um, it people have gotten really crazy with it. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of tools. It is very, very vast. Um, it is a great tool to use. It's difficult. Um, but once you get the groove of it, it's very um, in-depth. There's a lot of nice tools compared to other uh, like world builders. Like You can drag a building and like just double its size or like in, add four levels to it instantly. Um, and, which, you know, other world builders, you'd have to click add level and then drag another level on top of it and things like that, or have to make a completely new map and, and, and everything's 3d. So how, how are amazing. you, this from, how are you so familiar with this? Like, did you buy it? So I watch a YouTuber, his name's Z Bashu and he is, uh, he's a, a, what we like to call a perma DM, which is like somebody that just DMs like no, like since no one else in their friend group knows how or wants to, uh, they're the DM for life. Um, and so he makes these YouTube videos about crazy spells and combinations you can do in D and D. 
like remove earth, which is like, you can dig a 4,000 foot long pit, you know, with a, like a level two spell over and over and over again. Anyways, uh, he always promotes this. And so one day I just spent like five hours just looking at this mm. and like, I was thinking about getting it and getting all my players to get it, but it's very hard to get players and be like, Hey, can you guys each spend $20? Even if it's just $20, I always feel subconscious of asking other players to spend money. But then again, my players are like, Hey, we'll buy all the books if you want us to. And I'm just like, eh, oh, it's this like, looks fucking, I'm so glad you brought this up, dude. I would it's love so to awesome, dude. I mean, God. it's come a long way. I, I bring this up maybe once a year and it's been three years, maybe this since the first time I talked about it. And I'm looking at the, the the graphics now, the lighting effects, the underwater stuff, and I'm just like, so yeah, fucking sweet, there, man. If um, if you cannot afford Tailspire and uh, you want something that is a little bit uh, more 2D that you can use with D&D 5e rules, uh, and I know this is not a video game, but this would be really quick, it's called Dungeon Draft. Um, a lot of people use that. It's really easy to use. It's a little bit even, it's even easier to use in Photoshop, so. Uh, yeah, shout out to that. Hey, Christian, uh, how do, how come you don't ask Bobby to come do a special event at your, um, you know, why don't you call him? He could be like, his name could be like 51. Brick wall. And, <laughs> Never. and it's just a brick wall. It's just a random fucking brick wall. salesman. And be afraid, I'm a level this. 51 dragon. <laughs> Uh, no, I would love for anyone to do a guest spot, but uh, I think asking Bobby to do a guest spot on my D&D would be like, I don't know. Uh, some, asking, asking Madonna for a selfie. She's just too special, man. Adding true, sugar to yeah, a steak. Right. Yeah. Adding sugar to, yeah. Or to Something's spaghetti going sauce. On. This must be a great show because my fucking glasses are fogging up. All right, let's <laughs> keep going. Yeah, okay. you're the only one that has anything else. What's, uh, what's six days in Fallujah? Oh. Besides PTSD for a lot of people. So, uh, yeah, it is the craziest um, battle there's been since, like, way back um, in the last, since Vietnam, I think, is the craziest battle. So Fallujah was, um, did we lose him? We lost yeah. him. Yeah, we did lose him. <laughs> Here we go. We yeah, lost him. We can't hear you, buddy. Oh. We need to get a soundboard where we have like taps every time that he disconnects. It just starts. Well, have you guys noticed that Discord has a soundboard now? Yeah, yeah Discord does have a soundboard. Is that uh, it's channel yeah. specific too, which is also kind of interesting. Have you noticed yeah. that? Uh, I have back? not. Are we going? I saw test us. Hey, all right, cool. All right. At least I'm figuring out how to get back faster. Yeah. Anyway, it was a war. A lot of people died. Now let's have fun with it. I guess. So it's a military sim. Um, so controlled pairs, an old listener and content creator, check him out on YouTube. He does, he's a hell of a lot more eloquent than I am. He loves military Sims. He does squad and stuff like that. Um, did, didn't you know him, uh, Christian is it squad your days in squad? Yeah. Anyway, um, this is his jam and he's like, he got special first dibs on this game and got to play and, you know, when reviewers review games or just, like, talk about them, a lot of times they'll cut it up and he's, like, you know, edit it and talk over the edits. He's like, this game's so good, I'm just going to show you one round that we played the whole way, all the way through. And you can see what's here. 
and he plays it and it looks so realistic. Uh, you know, I, I don't think it's for me, but, um, you know, it's four player co-op through AI, uh, generated, I'm sorry, um, through, you know, computer controlled, um, environments, fire teams, um, like levels, I guess you would say. And, uh, you can pick which one, what difficulty you want to go through, but, you know, communication is super key. Um, yeah, it's just like a real firefight. And they worked with over a hundred people that were there, Marines and army members that were there and, uh, got, the stories of the craziest battles and recreated them in the game. I thought that was very cool as well. Cause those people are, you know, in their forties right now, they're not very old and stuff. So you can talk, to, it's not like uh, doing the world war two rec- recreation where those guys are all like, I don't know my name. You know, these guys are, uh, yeah, yeah, it's very fresh. So oh, I thought man. that was interesting. I actually talked about this last year when they first showed their trailer. This actually had a big, big, big uh, splash when they showed the trailer footage for it um, because it was so recent. Uh, but now that it's landed, it did not generate that much news in the veteran community. Just um, going to be honest. It wasn't as controversial as anyone thought it would be. Um, it looks awesome. I didn't. I might pick this up one day. I didn't do my all my research. I, I never do. I, I don't think it's out quite yet. If you buy it before it comes out, it's $40. And I think for what you're getting, you know, if you, again, if you have four people that don't want to play a D&D type game, maybe you could go shoot people. Uh, but yeah, four-player co-op through some crazy realistic environments. I think it looks fantastic. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Yeah, 40 bucks for AAA graphics. Yeah, you don't see that very often. Uh, there is one more game in here. Uh, it's called Viewfinder. And it's another one of these. There's not too many of them, but uh, it's a forced perspective puzzle game. I think the last one was called... Ooh, man, I looked it up right before the show, so I, I would know what it was called. Um, Force perspective, there it is. Um, Superliminal. That was the last one. Uh, you take a lot of signs. You kind of like rotate your perspective and you make the puzzle pieces fit. And um, if it becomes real, then it it's something in the game world. It's very hard to explain. Um, so if you take the foreground and the background and you stand in the right place, it looks like one thing. It's a forced perspective. And then that one thing becomes a real thing in the in in the game world. So uh, this one though, the last superliminal was kind of like it had a lot to do with street signs and kind of like being out in the world. Um, this one looks a lot like uh, John Jonathan Blow's game, which is called God damn it! I looked up both these things before, so I did wouldn't have to look it up, but I have it here. Okay, the witness. The Witness was his like follow-up game where you're on an island and you're doing a lot of... So it's like pastels, very calm, not a whole lot going on. You can take your time. And uh, they actually step it up and take it to the next level on this one. Like nice. You use the force perspective, you make a whole new... whole new... Pl- not, not platform, but you take... You make kind of like a whole new reality. Like you make a hallway and then you can just step around the thing that you were looking at and walk down this brand new hallway that was just created. I think awesome. it looks fucking super sweet. Yeah. yeah. In VR, what do you think? Would it be too too much? 
Um, no, because in VR, the you know some games have dialed that shit in so well. Um, I play a game called Space Pirate Trainer. This is a game that I, like I show to everybody. Like I love it so much. It's so good. Um, but it has sights on your gun, and if you look down the sights, it's accurate. Like it's so specific, but also the sights glow green when you line it up. So it looks right on your eye. It looks correct to you, but it also the gun also lets you know like that's it. That's the shot that you want to take. So you can really, really dial this shit in, you know, as far as perspectives perspectives and things. So um yeah, putting two or three pictures together by standing in the right place, I think that would be very easy. You know, says the guy who doesn't develop a goddamn thing. Other I than, think you yeah, should develop like a giant target. You you keep saying that, you know, I'm the guy who doesn't develop things, but it would be cool if you got started doing something with like some Unreal tools. I wonder what you could make. Uh, I want to quickly talk quake. about <laughs> the city's skylines latest or city skylines two latest diaries really quick because guys, you won't believe it. Uh, a super exciting feature. We're talking about public cargo and transportation. Hell uh, yeah, dude. It is so fucking exciting, the level of detail that, they, that they're sharing way ahead of the launch of this game. I could not be more hyped. I, I, I go to sleep thinking of, like, what is my curb radius going to... Like, it's just... It, it's, it's fucking amazing. <laughs> uh, they're reworking a lot of the classic systems in the game uh, that previous previously came with dlc so before there was like uh an industry dlc that came with you know you could do your forestry and your mining and stuff like that now that all comes in the base game and each industry has specific things that you have to do for it that makes sense before it felt a bit janky you just like painted on the ground a bunch of trees and then you put the forestry building in the middle it's not like that anymore there's like resources you have to discover or import from other cities and the map itself looks huge. Uh, you're making multiple cities in this game. So you're managing the logistics from one city to another if if you need to. Uh, I, I can't wait. I'm going to take a whole week of work off when this game comes out. And I'm just going to build the best fucking city ever. And Everybody, Christian. the next president of Canada in 10 years, sniper. <laughs> Yeah, no. guys, listen. I've done it virtually a million times. <laughs> How hard can it when be? When they start adding, when they start adding the politics to the <laughs> game, it's going to be the next phase. Uh, Mr. Christian, uh, if elected, what is going to be your first move? I'm going to put the Department of Forestry in the forest. <laughs> Think about it. Think about it. I'm adjusting Why? the Why? curb radius <laughs> by three centimeters, dude, in every city. I, I in my neighborhood the curbs really piss me off. I, I won't get into it, but all my friends know about it. And you have those rounded ones or there's uh, squared ones. The squared ones, like what do you have? Well, they're rounded for cars to make the corner really quickly. But I saw an old lady cross the street and she tripped on the curb, and I couldn't. I was just like, that's a design fault, you know. People with walkers can't make it across because you cut the curve so sharply, so cars could turn. Anyways, we don't have to get into it. It's fine, guys. Uh, <laughs> moving on to Weird. highlights. All these the are games. <laughs> these are games we have played. And Bobby, 
I just want to hear so bad about Dave the Diver, dude. People are calling it Game of the Year. What do you think? <laughs> oh, boy. Game of the Year. Uh, I guess I can see that. The game has really taken off. Like, a lot of people are playing it. A lot of people are liking it. Uh, today's peak, I think, was like almost 100,000 on Steam. Or maybe For a single-player game, dude. That's yeah. a lot. It's very impressive. Uh, the game is good. It's really good. I can see why people really like it. Uh, it is... Well, first of all, Christian, you first pitched this game to us. You were like, does anybody want to check this out? And this was like in the middle of June, I think. And everybody was playing Diablo. And I don't think anyone even responded to it. <laughs> it was like, no, man, get the shit out of here. I think they clicked on it and was like, yeah, yeah, I, I saw I saw a fat guy in a very small uh, scuba suit. And I was like. You saw Dave, dude? And you weren't yeah, enthralled immediately? <laughs> I was not enthralled immediately. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was in our crew chat, and if and there are a few people in our community that can actually see the crew chat. That is um, what we use when we're scheduling shows or talking about uh, planning episodes or other things, or sometimes just it, it's kind of like a, a personal email or um, text group just between the crew. Uh, yeah. But one of the um, tiers that you can get if you subscribe to the podcast long enough or if you are a patron for long enough and donate enough money uh you can actually view that channel get a little inside scoop by the way so <laughs> bobby i, I feel that. like nobody believes that there's any planning that goes into this at all i mean well, there's not much i mean it's it not the there. most exciting stuff the it, it really yeah, isn't the most exciting stuff but it's it, a lot of times it's like i have diarrhea i can't make it uh we need to <laughs> Hey, Chinese food. We're gonna have to do it on Monday. Hey, maybe that's uh, people want the hot scoop. They want to know what's going on. <laughs> the hot poop. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah, soft serve ice tell me, cream. Tell me more about Dave the Diver, Bobby. What's it about? <laughs> tell me more. I haven't told you anything yet. I'm just getting into it. Dave the Diver is. It's one of those games that's split into two parts. A lot of people compare it to Moonlighter. Moonlighter was that game. Uh, they had a name for this genre, and I, I think it was like shop something games, where you go out into the world, you fight monsters, you collect things, and then the second half of the game is you come back and you sell those things in a shop. Um, the, the, the genre has been around for a while, uh, but this is different. It's not exactly like that. So part of the game is a restaurant management style where you're uh, running a sushi restaurant. Um, and not only are you trying to make money uh, um, and putting things on the menu that you catch out in the sea uh, and managing staff, but you are also managing social media. And it's really important for you to get likes and to get posts and uh, to uh, push your brand out there. That's actually almost equally as important as the, um, as the money that you make. Uh, but the other part of the game, and I, I want to say it's half of the game, but it's not, it's probably more than half of the game. You actually spend diving for the fish. So you jump down into the water with your scuba gear. Uh, you can upgrade your gear so you can go deeper. Uh, you upgrade your harpoon, your weapons, you craft new weapons. You meet all sorts of interesting characters as you're going down there. And um, eventually you can dive at night and find different, different types of fish. Uh, but what's really interesting about this is the story or the the narrative that they have with this game. I mean, you know, I'm not a huge fan of story, and I'll be honest with you, I I, I glaze over a lot of the text. So it has um, uh, dialogue boxes, and the characters do that like wah, 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 kind of stuff. So I skip through a lot of that. But what what's happening is you are a diver and you're catching uh, stuff for a sushi restaurant, but there's all these different characters that you meet 
and they all have different assignments for you and they all kind of become inter intertwined. And I think the main storyline has to do with these sea people or mermaid creatures that you discover down there. And they're, they're these giant sea creatures that you eventually they prefer fight. merfolk, dude. Come on. Merfolk. They call sea them sea people? people in the game. That's what they That's... call them in the game. Okay, dude. You're yeah. Walking a fine line over there. Uh, yeah. So I think that is the main storyline there. And I don't even think I'm very far in it. I've put a lot of hours into this game and I'm maybe halfway through. I'm not even sure. Um, I'm about to fight the wolf eel, the big giant eel. Uh, if anyone else has played the game, that'll give, give you an idea of where I'm at. Um, but what I really like about this game, it, there's a few things that I don't like, like, and these are minor complaints, but, um, there's some quick time events. So when you harpoon a fish, you have to slam your space bar button a million times in order to drag it in. You know, I hate when games do that. Um, Dude, at least they're quick, you know? Yeah, I guess. But it, here's why it's okay. Because a lot of games, that's the only thing that they do. And it becomes incredibly repetitive. But Dave the Diver, it has a million of these uh, little mini game quick time events and they change. So if you hit them with a normal harpoon or maybe it's a certain type of fish, I'm not sure what triggers it. You may have to slam the space bar button. Um, but in another instance, you have to hit A and D back and forth. Uh, if you have the poison harpoon, you have to circle your mouse. You have to do these like little, little puzzles. Um, there's all sorts of things like that. Not even just with when you're diving into the water and catching fish. Um, but it really mixes it up. Like anything, I've been playing video games for so long. And what I've come to notice about a lot of them is they get very repetitive. I'm not talking about, I mean, sure, there are games that are like other games out there and you see the similarities, but I'm talking about one specific game. When you're playing a game, especially if it's a long one, you're going to end up doing the same thing over and over again a lot. And I guess there's really not a way around that. But Dave the Diver manages to mix that up and it just feels like you're constantly doing new things the stakes are constantly being raised like oh you know you meet these sea creatures next thing you can communicate them then this giant squid shows up that you have to fight then you're like diving at night it like keeps opening up the world gradually it does a really good job of compartmentalizing the uh kind of a survival crafting type game um and that's that's difficult to do not a lot of games did that you know we had these games come out where you run out, you get resources, you chop down trees or catch fish or whatever it may be. And you kind of take the game at your own pace and you build stuff up. But this game, it, it like segments it and compartmentalizes it. And it allows you to do that and have the joy of doing that. But that's not all there is. It is like moving you along a little bit on a conveyor belt, which is like this story that's unfolding about these sea creatures. And I watched the trailer and uh, of the game and I was like, there's a ton of stuff in the trailer I haven't even seen yet. Um, I, there's like this subplot going on with this dolphin that you keep rescuing. Um, and I, I got a feeling like that's going to tie in or go somewhere as well. Uh, there's like this environmental activist that you keep fighting with and pirates. It's just, it's so much stuff, man. It's, it's a lot going on in this game. So I would definitely recommend it. Like it is, it's single player and I don't even really care for single player games that much anymore, but uh, I'm definitely hooked on it. One of my favorite reviews on steam that somebody had left. And I love the steam reviews because they're just so honest and brief. Um, 
But this one says, you know how sometimes you're with the lads and then you tell them you're off to bed, but you're actually playing the single player game that you're addicted to. <laughs> this is that game. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. My, uh, yeah. my, my colleague who's working on this game, uh, when he was first started on it, he's like, this is, this is game of the year material people. You have to pay attention to it. And everyone was kind of like, really? Like, but I think honestly, indie game of the year could be Dave the Diver. Just like nines and tens, and everyone's just having such a great time. Even what you were saying right now makes me want to play it, you know. And it feels like you've kind of barely scratched the surface. So I can't wait to get into Dave the Diver. Uh, I'm super psyched. Yeah, it's a good game. I, I definitely recommend it. And it's it, it's weird because you know up until this point, you know Diablo was probably the best game that i played this year at least that came out this year dave the, the diver i probably and i it's very difficult to compare the two because they're so different one's a triple a game with a bunch of money behind it uh it is very repetitive but you know it's like classic blizzard game but this just it, it's more on the indie side and it's more innovative it's new it's fresh it's um you know, it seems like something I would favor more as game of the year over Diablo just on principle, but uh, <laughs> it, it's like seventeen ninety nine on the Steam sale right now. Like, the, dude, you amazing. absolutely like, have to give this game. I'm, uh, I'm so glad you liked it, dude. Awesome. Fuck. Now I need to play this game. Yeah, I'll probably, I, I may talk more about it next week with uh, some spoiler alerts because I am certainly not... I, I think I'm about halfway through. I'm not sure, but I, I kind of feel like I'm maybe around the halfway point. What's, what's like, the vibe you're getting from the merfolk, Bobby? Like, are they evil? They want to stop you from fishing. You will fish them, put them in the sushi. What's <laughs> like, how, how no, evil no, is the they're game cool. yet? Oh, they're no, cool. no, you're totally on there. You're helping them out. And uh, with the help of a scientist, you're communicating with them. And um, like you rescue one of them. Uh, and then I'm not sure where it's going to go from there. But... And you know what's strange? Like Stardew Valley had this whole uh, like nature thing, uh, you know, like escape the big city, re- rediscover your, your yourself in the countryside with a simple life. It it had these real hippie uh, under uh, undertones to it. Um, I don't even know if it was subtext. This game doesn't really have that. I thought maybe they're going to go with some sort of environmental thing. Uh, they didn't really go that way. You actually have these environmentalists show up and try to fight you, but... <coughs> The game, Dave the Diver says, why aren't you bugging like the big industries that that do this? And I don't know. It's kind of weird. That part's kind of weird. Like, I I think the uh, environmentalists are like employed by the big companies and they're like harassing you, the small fishermen. But um, I I don't know. I'm not sure where the game's going or if it's going to try to like lean into some morality tale or something. But we'll see. Either way, I'm enjoying it, man. Like it's uh, everybody would love this game. This is this game is for everybody. It's totally addicting. I think you're in all the right ways. Test, test. Test, test. Hello. Thank you. Hey, can you fuck the mer people? No, not yet. Not that I know. Damn it. And it's kind of funny because Dave is this. Oh, if you look at the the screenshot, Dave is like this overweight scuba diver, which you never really see. You never see a fat scuba diver. Uh, They they comment on it sometimes in the game, but I think it's because you're. (laughs) Aren't they more buoyant? Like the fatter you are, aren't you more buoyant? It's hard to dive. Yes. I think. Yeah, I'm fat. It's hard for me to dive. You've done quite right. a bit of diving in your life, dude. That is true. <laughs> Muff diving. Hey. I'm drunk. All right, keep going. 
<laughs> oh no, I'm done. That's it. Dave uh, the yeah, Diver. Probably more than next the, At the end of the expedition, tell us about a uh, starship starship troopers Terran command. <laughs> so, this is the game that we thought was the other one. I'm not going to fuck with. We thought it was extermination, but um, it was um, start uh, Terran command. This is more an RTS. I played it for a couple of hours, and I like it. I like it a lot, actually. Um, so you kind of have that whole um, campiness from the movie throughout the game. So the commanders are telling you shit, and as you're losing, they're making it sound like you're winning. You know, they're like, it's time for a tactical retreat so we can win later, everybody. You know, it's like, click here if you want more. And it's just like, um, you know, um, we're going to send miners back into the mine. And then you're like, <laughs> the commander's like, there's no way. There's It's full of fucking aliens, so you can't do that. And they're like, well, that's what command wants. So <laughs> so they send, they send the mine, miners in, and of course they get fucking slaughtered. And they're like, there's been an incident at the mine. <laughs> and you're like, we just told you that there would be an incident at the mine. <laughs> New mission. It's time to get in the mine and clear it out. You know, it's like people are fodder and it's all just media driven. I mean, they do a really good job of, you know, um, just taking, take, yeah, well, the movie's already a parody. So it's like definitely the Paul Verhoeven uh, version of Starship Troopers. And it's uh, pushed to the, I wouldn't say push the extreme. The movie was pretty extreme, just how commercialized the whole thing was. And they, yeah, they follow that up. Um, as far as the game itself, um, the RTS aspect of it, um, it, you know, a lot of games will say these units are for this and these units are for that. But then you, at least for me, a lot of times I just find the best overall unit and just use a bunch of those, you know? But, I don't think you really can in this game. You really do need those specific units. Um, You're telling me you need to use strategy in a real-time yeah. strategy game? Yeah, oh pretty God. much, dude. You really do. And it, since it's not PvP, like I don't stress out like I do against other players. Um, there's no resource gathering. Um, it's more like if you get to this area, we'll give you this much more stuff. Oh, cool. So you uh, fight through. It's a, There's a name for that. But essentially, it's like goal driven, right? Like if you touch, yeah, if you touch exactly. the zone, you get you get these amount of credits, and then you can use them. That's how the Warcraft so, Three version of this game was too. Uh, no building or anything, just yeah, goals. But it like I'm you know I'm in the first two hours, so it doesn't like you can't just get more marines. You know, you get to that goal, and it's just like here's two more troops of marine. No, you don't get more marines. Here's the engineers, and you got to put them to work. And that forces you to learn how to use them. So the engineers can set up a turret, and they're also very, they have flamethrowers, so they're very good in tight spaces. So you make sure you put them in tight spaces. And then the next, you go a couple more, and you unlock the uh, snipers. And the snipers are very good against the spitters. So you got to make sure you put them up, up high. They have infinite range, and they take out the spitters right away so it doesn't fuck up your infantry. And this is. I can't remember the last game that made me use my units so specifically. And the only way through is through using them specifically. 
So I, I, I liked all of that about that. Um, an interesting mechanic, just throwing it out there just because I, I hadn't seen it before. When you take a, a bug nest out, you kind of your guys go into the nest and then they come out and the bus uh, the nest is done but you take casualties like it's guaranteed casualties you have to oh, sacrifice attrition for taking over buildings or just yeah something like yeah. that yeah very so you're going to take damage no matter what uh, and it's just kind of like thing that's built into the game it's a little too easy right now but it has five five or six star difficulty thing so i might bump it up one uh, but then again, I'm only in the first two two um, hours in the game. Are you having but, fun, yeah. dude? Overall, like it's a totally. solid experience. Oh, cool. Really enjoying it, actually. Yeah, like I said, the voice work is really cool because uh, the the commanders on the ground are like hard nosed, real like get over there, apes. Like we got to do this, and then the people, the command is always like, like I said, very. Uh, media focused kind of like making it look and then because you get the sense that this is being televised so they're making it sound way more way better than it actually is like you never really lose when they're talking about it it's more like <laughs> we're relocating because it's better from this position not that ten thousand soldiers died over here yeah i'm enjoying it i think it's really good actually oh, and man. so more awesome. more starship troopers next week Cool. You don't usually play RTSs, so I'm I'm happy that it's interesting. They take the resource gathering out, probably makes it if a I, bit simpler. Just focus on the tactics. Yeah, I think that's what Conan Unconquered did as well. Dude, you've gotta, dude, you've got every time, every <laughs> every, every time, time, every time, every Conan, time. you gotta let every... it go, dude. It's the it's the game that got away. We know you wanted it to be good. It wasn't good. I'm I actually, sorry. I, I'm I thought sorry. it was all right, man. Like I, I, <laughs> I tried to. I don't know. Maybe I liked it a little too much, like more than it deserved. But I, I did. Yeah. I think I, I made you play that game with me. Yeah, and <laughs> it, it was it was fun. I think you know. But am I back? You are yep. back, you are sir. Back. People are going to think that we edited that because it's all of a sudden you're back. No. Um, but yeah, what, what game was that, Amelia? You didn't get to close up. Uh, that was Starship Troopers Terran Command. <laughs> awesome. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Cool. Well, I'm glad to hear the, that you're playing a game that you'll continue to play because it's not that often that we get that anymore between all of us, except for Diablo. I think that was like, it has to be like a super big AAA game. Um, uh, but another indie game that I'm continuing to play and I'm still having a shit ton of fun with is Battle Bit Remastered. I usually play like an hour or two every, every day. Um, it is so fun just to hop into a game with like a, the biggest game mode or even the smallest game mode and just just play. Like you, you just don't really care. You don't care about your KD ratio. You don't really care about like how serious people are getting because you're just block people like nobody's being super serious and and like it's not like everyone's acting like a kid either but just everyone's playing you know everyone's just playing the game casually and having a good time um i've i've never been like told like hey you know get good or anything like that because there's so many people you know that it's hard to manage all of them but <laughs> so is this this game isn't there. casual right like there are hardcore elements to this game no, they're putting in they're putting in a hardcore game mode. Actually, um, they're going to be doing that soon. 
but it is pretty casual. It, it's oh, okay. pretty fucking casual. Um, if, if you're talking about like custom ability for things, it it it's pretty. You can get pretty d- deep into it, but it's pretty casual. It you you just point and shoot, and that's about it. And like you drive the tanks and you drive the Humvees. I, I just played um, the engineer with a rocket launcher and usually blow up anything that moves. So that's about it. Um, I just wanted to correct a couple things. Oh, what I actually wanted to say one thing about the developers. If they identify a problem, they fix that shit fast and they add a lot of new stuff often. Every time they do an update, which usually is like a week, every week to week and a half, they do an update. They either add like a map or like new shit to the game, like as far as equipment goes. Like they're adding a pickaxe. They have a sledgehammer and the sledgehammer can put holes into walls. The pickaxe can remove one brick in a wall. So snipers have a way to shoot out of. Oh, wow. So yeah. Um, they're, they're listening. They're very active developers. And it's hard not to be, I guess, because everything's so simple to program and design because it's all blocks. So I don't know. Um, five out of five for me right now for that. That was nice, Battle man. Bit Remastered. What about uh, Inkbound? Amelia? Inkbound's another uh, Christmas, uh, Christmas birthday present I got. This is from uh, Warconians. Thank you for that. Uh, Inkbound is a co-op roguelike made by the uh, creators of Monster Train. Uh, they are called uh, Shiny Shoe. So for me, playing a good amount of uh, Monster Train, I can see the lineage right away. Um, what is Monster Train about? Monster Train, a lot of times, is about... Uh, Bobby, I think you would agree, I think... Um, synergies and how how far you can push synergies to make yourself overpowered right wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree that's why there's so many like yeah well it's a deck building game where you have different classes or races or whatever they're called and you you combine them they're those two decks of cards and then you find the synergies between them yeah and so you can see the lineage passed down into this game right away um so it's a roguelike where you kind of pick your own adventure. Like let's well, a little bit like DRG. Let's go mine this or let's go kill these guys. And then you go into the game world. Um, the whole idea is that you're in this big book world. You know, you're an ink lane and a lot of things are like chapter and verse based things. Uh, it's about stories and stuff like that. And um, as you start your roguelike, uh, like a lot of games like Bioviasic or something like that, or uh, Hades, you'll get to a certain point and then you'll get to pick a power up and then, you know, you keep going. And then every once in a while you get to pick something and continue to build your build and go. Sometimes you are controlled by RNG and sometimes you're controlled by um, you know, sometimes you get the things you want and you make a crazy build and you take it super far. This game lets you do a lot of the building outside of the level. So you'll be like, okay, let's go to this dungeon. So you go to the dungeon, they right off the bat, before you even go in the dungeon, you get to pick three perks. Um, They 
are diff- I, you know, I've only played this for about an hour, but uh, those three perks are in three different categories. So one might have to do with your special moves. One might be a passive and one might be just like a, like a random perk. And then you beat that level, you get to keep going. And then the next level, you get to pick three more. And so um, that's what I'm saying about like most are, most roguelikes don't let you don't they don't give you this many boons or perks or whatever you want to call it. This is a lot. This is three every every level, and the levels are like seven minutes or something like that. It's not much. So you're there's a lot of interplay between all kinds of different things, and uh, there's a lot going on here. It's in early access right now. Um, I like the look of it. I like the playability of it. Um, I like, uh, you know, I love synergies, and that is like right up my alley. Right now it's $16. Um, I only played one character. I played the, what is essentially the spellcaster, but um, they call it a thread weaver, I think is what they call it. And, of course, these guys don't just make a regular mage where you're throwing fireballs or magic missiles. It's a thread weaver, so you're throwing these threads at the enemies, and uh, all the everything is based on how many threads you have out, how uh, what you want to do to a specific one based on how many you have tied up. And I just thought it was very clever and very cool. You know, when the thread weaver is going off, there's like all these like magical threads going to all these bad guys at the same time. Very cool. Um, also, you're playing a very small board. There's no like, there's no environment. It's and there's no hexagons that you can see. Although I do think it's hex based. Um, as you play every round that goes by, it's almost like PUBG, where the small game map already gets smaller every level. You can kind of see in some of the pictures. There's a circle. That circle gets smaller every level. So the pressure's really on for you to pull off synergies and power plays as quickly as possible because you don't want to prolong this. Even like even if you have like a very defensive thorns build, you it doesn't matter. You're eventually gonna start taking damage from that. You wanna you wanna pop off as quickly as possible. And if they keep going down this route, it, this is gonna be an incredible game, I believe. It's- so it's tagged with the MMO and online co-op. Is there MMO? I, I, is there like a common area where you meet other people? There is. Or? Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So um, when you get to the whatever the binding of the book or the library, whatever, there you can see other players uh, going around. I wanted to just get a feel for the game, yeah. uh, so I could talk about it. So I just jumped in single player, and then I just kept going and going and going until I finally died. And I, I, when I died, I'm pretty sure, for me at least, it was a DPS check. Like, I could not have progressed. I mean, maybe if I was a little better, I could have gone a little bit further. But definitely, they want you to go back to the drawing board, learn more, unlock more abilities, and, and you know, play play the roguelike. So, this sounds and looks so awesome. This has been a great episode. I'm like, I have like four games I need to play like right now, I feel like. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, I mean, the only thing holding thing, this thing back is that it's early access yeah. in, in some regards, you know. Um, if you have a full uh, backlog, don't just 
dump everything and go get this. But I think when this finally comes out, it's going to be a monster, monster train. Uh, um, yep. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a good one. Sweet. Sweet, dude. Bobby, what do you think? Yeah, it looks good. I'm really interested in the online co-op portion of it. Yeah. Yeah. Looks fun. Um, it reminds me of a top-down, uh, oh, man, now I forget that. What was the really popular roguelike three? You play as three animals. Uh, you walk around. It kind of looks oh like the God. exact same graphics, but it's first person. Uh, I forget oh, it. Oh, my God. You, the first character is like a cat. Yeah, that's like Yeah, Bobby loves it. Bobby played Probably a lot of Gunfire it. Reborn. Gunfire yeah. Reborn. I wonder how many times we're like stumbling around a title and like a listener's out there and they're like, Gunfire Reborn, fucking idiot. Gunfire Reborn, Gunfire Reborn. Uh, <laughs> Every goddamn time. <laughs> uh, okay. Star Wars Galaxy's Restoration, people. I'm back. And this is the first. First, let's talk about what I've done. You know, the more important thing other than the gameplay. This is the first time I have shot uh, directed the VO or like got the VO down and edited the whole trailer uh, by by myself. Obviously, I had help doing the capture and some sound design for it, but uh, the trailer for this update is all me, and I'm pretty proud of how it came together as I as I learn how to do these a little bit more. Now, what's in this update? Well, Star Wars Galaxies Restoration is uh, a restoration of Star Wars Galaxies. It's right in the title, folks. It's free to play. Up into Star Wars Galaxies. It's me and a bunch of other people passionate about the game, bringing it to you uh, and just kind of improving it uh, as as we go along. And this update has player-controlled Galactic Civil War mechanics. So each player can claim a spot on Tatooine or Dantooine or whatever of the weens you want. And if they hold that portion, they can rank up in the Galactic Civil War. The next level is they have to hold uh, the whole planet. They become a lieutenant. Uh, and they rank up in abilities if their faction can hold the whole planet and they're responsible for organizing the efforts there. If they Was that this... in the original no. game? No, bro. Custom. Wow. We're, we're, we're going crazy with it. After 1.0, uh, I'm really happy with like our roadmap. Uh, the next level is a general. So if you control the space above the planet and the planet... You get airstrikes, you get all sorts of abilities you would think you would have, uh, orbital lasers, if your side actually did control the space. And we're doing this uh, to tie the PvP of the game to real-world zones, and we're kind of seeing how that's going to shape up. <laughs> Dude, that's going to be terrible. There's going to be, like, invasions of people in real time. <laughs> yeah, Today, 14,000 yeah. people were killed in Tatooine. <laughs> Man was trying. There's one of the game developers was killed when he was trying to sell shirts to a small, to a small man. Yeah, dude. Yeah, my uh, my t- tailor shop has never been busier. That's what I was gonna say. What level of military rank can you get to for making brightly colored t-shirts? Well, there are battlefields, and we kind of work crafting mechanics. And basically, to spawn NPCs. You need a certain amount of requisitions. So players are kind of incentivized to deliver like uh, Imperial War uniforms so that all goods. these NPCs can spawn. Yeah, goods, basically. Uh, there's probably some more we can do to make it a bit more involved. But for right now, that's already a ton. People are having fun with it. I'm, I'm, I'm super happy with how it turned out. And yeah, if you're interested out there, Star Wars Galaxies, I knew a couple of you joined me on 1.0. Uh, hop back in and let me know what you think. I'd, I'd love to... I'd love to hear about it. 
I watched the trailer and I uh, give you a thumbs up. I like your, uh, you know, sacrifice your thumbs up to the, uh, would you say the algorithm, algorithm gods? gods. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was pretty good, man. I appreciate it. Hold up. I'm even, and not only did I give you a thumbs up, I click share and I shared it on three different platforms for you, buddy. Holy shit, Nick. Wow. Across, across those three platforms, he has four followers and all of them are hey, his wife. It doesn't matter. It and doesn't the matter. The algorithm doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I appreciate any shares on this, of course, trying to get the word out, but you know, it's I a do have a question. MMO. It's not for everyone. So yeah. It, um, it looked like there was one character specifically portrayed was that your character or is... no that's just who we chose to deliver the the narration yeah. oh i see a rebel wookie yeah he's just an cool. actor it's just an actor yeah. who did the voiceover was it nick no it wasn't nick we have uh, a guy named nico actually uh Dude, he's yeah, a professional voice ego. actor but we could we could get nick you know the sky's the limit oh, please no <laughs> I charge yeah. way too much, darling. You couldn't afford me. All right. Moving on from Star Wars. Let's go. All right. I guess it's time for listener questions. And we've got just two of them here today. First one from Time Killer B. He asks, have any of you ever made money on Steam Marketplace, selling skins, PUBG clothes, etc.? <laughs> yeah. One guy in particular has <laughs> made a lot of money. Uh, spent a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, uh, God, when Steam first started doing the card crafting thing, I got a little carried away with that, and I crafted (laughs) a lot of cards, and you get... (laughs) A little carried away, dude. A little carried away. What was your top rank ever in Steam? Well, my profile level is 554, yeah, but people in the world... You sound well, so I don't fake humble. The sides of your the sides of your mouth are smiling, but you're like, <laughs> well, it's, it's no big deal. It, it really isn't that big of a deal because people have uh, surpassed that like twenty times, but uh, more than twenty times, and a lot of people have. But um, when it first happened, it was definitely like oh, people were a lot more into it. But what happens when you craft these cards is you get wallpapers, emojis. Um, profile badges. You get all these things in your Steam inventory and you can sell that stuff in the marketplace. Some of it was more valuable valuable than the others. Now, this was before Steam opened up their point shop. When Steam moved to HTML5 and opened up the point shop and now you could get animated avatars and like border, uh, like animated borders and wallpapers, like everybody just moved to that. Nobody cared about getting the uh, weed leaf emoji from Port Royale 3 anymore. <laughs> so the value of those dropped drastically. But before that happened, <laughs> I sold everything in my inventory one year and it took forever, but I made around eight or $900 off of it. it. It was so much that I had to fill out like some tax information at the end of the year for it. Um, I ended up just leaving it there and then slowly spending it on just games that I wanted. Um, probably spent a little too much on games that I was never going to play. Like I remember just for the hell of it, I bought like a, a Call of Duty game with all the DLC. Never even touched it. Stupid. Um, but Doesn't yeah, sound like it, Bobby, Jesus. Yeah, I don't know when you. Well, I used to collect a lot of games on Steam. I've got over or about seven thousand games in my Steam library. Most of it is crap, but uh, there are some good ones in there. Um, but yeah, so I, have made a, a lot of money off of that. Now, when you're that high of a level, you also get 
card packs that drop. Everybody gets card packs that drop on their Steam account, but when you're a higher level, you get more of them. And the more people are crafting, I guess, the more more card packs you get. So lately I've been getting a lot, almost one a day. And I sell those, uh, it depends on the card pack, but they'll sell from anywhere from like a nickel uh, up to like 15, 20, 25 cents maybe. Um, so I, I sell that and that gives me a little bit of credit in Steam. So basically like once a month I get a dollar credit on Steam or something like that. So it's it's the gift that keeps on giving folks. Wow. <laughs> that is That is hilarious, man. Oh my God, I have, um, go ahead. What about you? You go ahead. Um, no, never made money on Steam, <laughs> but I but I do have two stories. Uh, recently, I really, very recently, uh, last month, I really wanted this one um, gun for um, a character on my TF2 account, and I looked at what I needed to make it to craft it. Uh, basically, you melt down guns you don't need. And, and build them into guns that you do want. But the system is so convoluted, and oh, I think it's, it's, so bad. it's so bad. And I was like, well, I have a million unlocked chests. Let me find what chest could possibly open this one and pay the 225 or 175 for a key, and maybe I'll get lucky. $1.75 later, boom. Owner of a brand-new rocket... Uh, was it Rocket Ranger or something like that? Ranger Rocket? I was like, yeah, baby. Nice, I got dude. exactly what I wanted, dude. Did you keep going it, after that? No. It, um, so they'll tell you, like, these are blue cons and this is purple cons. Like, your your chances of getting something in that. And one, mine was one of the blue ones. But there's, like, eight blue ones. And I got the exact one. I was very stoked about yes. that. You um, can actually, there's a whole market with TF2. It's funny how Team Fortress 2 was like the first ones to do loot boxes and the last one still doing loot boxes. But there's a, the TF2 economy is like stronger than some European countries, honestly. You can, um, I you, believe can go you. To, you can go to websites and you can, you can buy keys in the Steam store. Then you go to websites and you trade those keys for whatever you want. So the keys are the currency. You got to buy the keys to have the currency. But I, I went to this website and I can't remember what it was, but I just bought everything I wanted because I didn't want to do the loot box bullshit. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and you're probably paying a lot less than you would if you were just to open a bunch of random loot boxes and hope you get it. Or if you were to buy it out of the steam store itself, but I'm pretty sure those sites still exist. Mm -hmm. um, and then, the other, as far as selling, oh, oh, there he goes. Well, because it's going to take a long second for him to reconnect his mic and then start telling a story again. I guess I'll tell my story about this. Um, I was given a hundred dollar gift card to Steam uh, when I was a wee lad, and I was playing Counter Strike at the time, and I played a lot of it. I used to play like four or five hours a day. And uh, I used all $100 to open up, uh, like, Counter-Strike caches that I had. Didn't get a single goddamn thing that was worth a lot of money. Like, nothing above $4. Um, but eventually, what ended up happening is, like, a month later, I got a I got a cache, and it was, like, a brand new one that just released. And I was like, fuck it, let's just open it. Let's see what happens. And I get one of the brand new knives that was just released as well. Test. And I end up selling it for nine hundred and sixteen dollars. Oh shit! You—that's awesome. Yeah, 
And what I ended up doing was I was like, and this was like back in the time when people were betting on Counter-Strike professional games. So um, I ended up using half of that money to bet on like a bunch of European Counter-Strike games. <laughs> and then I, uh, the other half I just used to buy stuff on Steam for years. Uh, nice. Sounds like a good use of $900, cool. dude. Especially if it goes to future games. Do you remember that guy, Exuberant, that was on here? And he was yeah. talking about how he sold that knife and bought the Steam Index with it, or that was his yeah. plan at least? Yeah. That would be, be fucking awesome, dude. Because <laughs> um, you can't pull it out of Steam once you win. Like, if you get, yeah. if you, yeah, it's in the Steam marketplace forever, right? Um, there, yeah, there it is. are ways to kind of. Yeah, so what I did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there, there are ways. What I did when I had all this money in Steam, and I was like, I'm never going to spend this. So I think I posted in our Discord. I said, if anybody wants something from Steam, let me know. I will buy it for you for 90, like, I don't know, 75% of the cost or like there was some cut. So there's a $40 game. You give me 30, 35 bucks. I'll buy it for you with my steam credit. So I'm taking a bit of a loss, but I'm getting actual money instead of steam credit. So you you can get crafty and get, get uh, money out of steam that way. The story that I was going to tell has nothing to do with Steam, but a lot to do with selling things uh, from video games. Um, I used to be super addicted to EverQuest, super duper, duper, duper addicted, more than anything you might possibly think. Uh, 16 hour sessions, um, fights and sex with my girlfriends while playing, that kind of stuff, like really addicted. And um, I uh, had a pretty powerful character, not the most powerful, but pretty powerful. When I decided to finally quit, I sold my character for $2,400. And I had a second account, and I sold that one for $900. And I took both of those monies, and I fixed my eyes. I got eye surgery from the, what they had damaged my eyes by playing all those years. And, uh, yeah, it was the best money I ever spent. I woke up with 2010 vision, better than 2020 vision. It's now deteriorated. It's been 22 years since that happened, but... Yeah, that's something that happened. Grinding EverQuest to see properly. That, yeah. Dude, that's Everyone some hustle. I know how I knew my <laughs> uncle was the uncle that just played EverQuest, by the way. Yeah. Until like maybe once every two weeks he would come out to do something with his friends, and that's about it. Yep. Oh, MMOs. Oh, MMOs. You're truly on oh. an EverQuest, dude. Sorry. Yep. Okay. Never isn't that what they called it? The new never uh, the EverQuest game that never came out. They called it NeverQuest. Or it was like vaporware. They kept advertising it over and over again. And after a couple of years, people are like, "This ain't coming out." And then after even longer, <laughs> they're like, "Yep, we're this isn't coming out." <laughs> and everybody like lost their mind because it was all like voxel based, and you could chip away things. Yeah, NeverQuest, man, Google it. Well, anyway. EverQuest two was voxel based, and that never happened either. Oh, no. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. EverQuest of. 3. Yeah, EverQuest yeah, I think 3. That's, yeah. All right. Last question is from Warconius. Have you ever had a forbidden romance with a person or an object? Mm. In grade six, someone in my class had an uncomfortable relationship with a rock. And it was uh, kind of the talk of the town. He had this little rat tail. He's a pretty interesting kid. I'm sure everyone has met someone like this, but... Uh, yeah. Chris, sh- should we talk about a certain book or no? <laughs> <laughs> my dirty smut, dude. <laughs> my dirty fucking smut. On this journey, I brought anyone out there who doesn't know Clan of the Cave Bear, one of the best 
you know, <laughs> a Neanderthal meets uh, a, a human or an ancestor of humans, uh, Homo sapien, I should say, and uh, they have something that no one can recreate in any age. <laughs> it's a gang rape. series. Uh, it can get pretty brutal. There's definitely moments that are not cool, but you know, it's basically just erotica. Um, there's nine books of this Neanderthal love, and I guess that would be my forbidden. It's not really forbidden. It's like a New York Times bestseller, but yeah. Um, for me, I dated this Chinese girl uh, when I was like 19 or 20, and her boy, uh, her dad made her break up with me because I was Mexican. So it was pretty. Uh, Holy shit, in the long dude. run, yeah, in the long run, he was probably right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> she's a, she, she's like a dentist and a, like a councilwoman now, and I'm a construction worker. So. Yeah. <laughs> From two are different worlds. Got a real Capulet and Montague thing going here. Yeah. Oh my god. Gotta write a book about that one. What about you, Bobby? Anything? I don't think so. I'm sure I've had some uh parents of girlfriends that didn't approve of me, but yeah, not anything out of the ordinary. Projects, <laughs> uh, dude. How much do you like your couch? Just random question. <laughs> Enough to fuck it? Uh, no. Although I have had that couch a very long time. Um, okay. in case you're wondering how that story ended, I did fuck her on his bed. So that made me feel a little better about it. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> All right. All right. I guess that's right, an Nick. episode. What's everybody playing next week? Wait, Nick didn't tell us this for Oh, Nick romance. didn't answer. What's... Oh, I don't have a story, but I do have like a friend of a friend story. I knew, I know someone in... Augusta, who knows someone that is oh boy. dating their second cousin? That's legal. Is that even that bad? Their no, you can cousin? you can you can marry your second cousin because there's no genetic problems with it. Is it? Yeah. Oh, oh okay. That's, that's I think even first cousins, but I'm not 100 percent sure. I think that's only in California you can marry your first cousin. Uh, oh, that's like Ten states. Don't make things up, dude. Just because we're Let talking check. and people are saying things. Only in Emilio's oh, house can you states. marry your second cousin. Mary. Don't get it twisted. Your first. <laughs> oh my God. All right. 24. Uh, what? 24. 24 what? States you can do it? You can marry your first cousin. Yeah. It's Not like, a yeah, genetically, there's nothing wrong with it. I listened to a uh, podcast called Kissing Cousins, and yeah. <laughs> That's an odd name for a podcast. No, that was the episode title. It's the, how stuff works. <laughs> it's like a whole podcast <laughs> about this. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, what are you guys? Well, Bobby's going to be diving in the deep with Dave. We know that. Uh, yeah, I'll be playing be more Dave the Diver. Um, Nick is going to be ex- incessantly typing bullshit. Oh no, that's Christian. Guy's so loud, dude. I'm sorry, she's dude. She's. She, um, I thought she was on Diablo. Sorry, I'll mute myself forever. <laughs> uh, no, but what are you playing, Christian? Dude, I want to play Dave the Diver. I, I think I want to dive into it. It sounds so good. I, yeah, I need to play it. Nice, dude. Um, Nick, I am returning back to Bit Battle and Battle Bit. Uh, so yeah, I need I'm to pick that up. I wonder if it's on sale for um, Steam sale. It uh, is no. not, but it's like fifteen bucks. Yeah, it doesn't need to go on sale. Um, I am loving 
Street Fighter Six. It's very hard for me to put it down right now. It's a forbidden oh. love. Yeah. Oh, there he goes. Ha! Is that what it feels like when somebody disappears? <laughs> I feel empowered. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> feels worse when you do it, dude. Not gonna lie. <laughs> okay. Well, speaking for uh, Nick, kinda. Days isn't here either. Uh, Christian, Bobby, and myself. Street Fighter titties. Bye, bye, everybody. Cami is so hot. She's incredibly hot, like distractingly. I, don't, I can't even play the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs>